Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Welcome to the June 2019 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from St. Vincent's Hospital in Sydney, Australia. My name is Damien Marucci. I'm here with Dr. Tim Wang, the registrar at the Children's Hospital of Westmead. We are talking about comparing reconstructive outcomes in patients with Castillo type 3B fractures and concomitant arterial injuries. This is by Drs. Ricky et al. with Dr. Levine being the senior author. Uh, this is out of uh, NYU and published in May of 2019. So Tim, what was this paper about? This paper is of the authors classified open lower limb fractures and especially looked at the outcomes of using free flap reconstructions. The main thing they were looking at is using comparing different types of microsurgical the anastomosis end to end and end to side in patients where the three vessel runoff, two vessel runoff or single vessel runoff and looking at the flap failure and successes. And uh, so what did they find? Well, actually, do you want to go through the classification system which they, which they sort of uh, have modified? So they have modified the classic, the Gastelio, uh, the classification for 3B into a suffix of using either a 3B1 for single vessel or 3B2 for two vessel runoff and a 3B3 when the patient has all three of these vessels patent upon a CT angiography. And they, uh, the authors, they proposed this to be a more clinically valuable uh, pathway and a classification in physically addressing these patients and in stratifying them, both in terms of outcomes as well as the risk for free flap failure and success. So tell me about their case series and what did they find? They have a very large case series, actually, Damien. It's quite interesting. They, in total, they had 481 lower limb non-osseocutaneous free flap reconstructions. And of these, they had 331 um, cases that were classified as a Gastelio 3B with vascular CTA, the imaging which they physically had to hand. What they found was that in addressing free flap reconstruction of these patients, they found that there was there was no difference in either the uh, total flap or partial flap loss between a three, uh, between sorry, between end-to-end anastomosis or end-to-side the anastomosis in patients with three vessels, and in patients with two vessel runoffs, they similarly found no difference in flap loss or take back. However, they noted a higher rate of vein grafting in end-to-side, and a single vessel patients they found no difference between end-to-end and end-to-side anastomosis. They did have a total flap loss rate of 9% with an 11% partial uh, flap loss rate. And they did note that uh, with an increasing, um, so with a reducing number of patent vessels in the patient's leg, they had increasing numbers of total and partial flap uh, losses, uh, which was as, as anticipated. So essentially they're correlating the modification of the standard Gustillo uh, classification uh, looking at the number of patent vessels and uh, sort of proving with their retrospective data that the, uh, the fewer vessels that are patent, the more severe the injury, uh, which obviously uh, uh, stands to reason. Um, so what did you think of this paper? 
Uh, also, this patient was quite impressive. I was very enticed by what this patient could have offered us for such a large case series spanning over such a number of years. I mean, in total, it was about 40 years that they had the data themselves. The only issue I had is, I think it just, to me, um, it just slightly uh, missed of what they could have become if they could have addressed the union rates of these patients, as well as the donor site, the, the, the donor vascularity in these patients. I would have loved to have seen them have some data on how quickly these bones were physically healing. And also when you're taking the vessel and doing free flap surgery in patients with only two vessels or a single, the vessel themselves, how vascular is the foot? What kind of uh, complication have, could you potentially have left these patients with? So I think it's good to know that your flap makes it or not, but I think it's sort of just missed the bigger picture here. I'd love to have some data to show the patient outcomes. Yeah, they spend a lot of time talking about uh, whether you go end to side or end to end in different scenarios. Um, obviously they weren't able to answer this question. This wasn't a randomized um, uh, uh, study. It's a retrospective analysis of what they did and having a look at outcomes. Uh, the other thing, when you're trying to answer a question like that, end to side versus end to end, it's very difficult because these were cases where the surgeon looked at the patient, looked at the vessel, looked at where the defect was and made a conscious decision to either go end to side or end to end based on a whole range of factors their experience, their assessment of uh, the uh, distal flow, um, uh, a whole lot of variables which obviously are too many to be included in the study and which are unknown. Um, and we were discussing you couldn't really design a prospective randomised study because you can't really say to a particular surgeon, look, in this case you have to use end-to-side, in this case you have to use end-to-end. So I don't know whether we'll ever get an answer in a prospective study, but certainly by having a classification system that everyone can agree with and use, by having multiple perhaps retrospective evaluation of case theories, we may get a better idea of what works in particular situations. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? I think I always like to draw your attention upon, I think that from Marco Gudina's landmark article in 1986, we already realise and have strong data to show that this, the longer you delay your free flap reconstruction, that you would also not only you have a poorer outcome upon your free flap and also lower rates of bony union. And I find it quite surprising within this article themselves, the authors mentioned that across 40 years, that only 28% of these patients had a free flap reconstruction within seven days, which I think most units now will try and aim for. And about 31% 31, 31 of these patients had their reconstruction more than 90 days later. And they made a note to say that across 40 years, that this, um, this spread of numbers remained constant over the 40 years in themselves. And as we know that delay is actually a significant confounder in this case, I think potentially it would be better to have done a subgroup analysis looking at all patients having the gold standard reconstruction maybe within the first three days and then looking at outcomes by using end-to-end -end versus end-to-side and taking the time delay out of the equation. Yeah, as we discussed, um, what are all those patients doing for those first 90 days before they're undergoing their free flap reconstruction? I don't know whether they are at uh, peripheral hospitals and then being transferred uh, to the unit in question. Um, 
but uh, that would be interesting. Uh, that would be very interesting to know. Uh, but this was a, a very interesting paper, and I'm sure this group will continue uh, to present uh, uh, further data as they uh, complete their analysis. As this does seem to be part of a series of papers which they've produced over the over the past few years. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.